Hello, welcome back to the Bob's the Box podcast. Before we get stuck into uh, all of your Q&A questions, we would like to mention the loss of the former Leeds player and England World Cup winner, Jack Charlton, who sadly passed away due to long-term illness. Um, a legend of the game and a one-club man. Um, our episode is in tribute of him today. Um, but uh, as I previously mentioned, um, today is our Q&A session with all of the questions that have been sent in. Big sesh. Episode big, two. Big so, sesh. Um, so comfortable with things. Why not? Q&A. We have had uh, quite a few good questions, actually. Um, and did you want to just, did you want to just get stuck, get stuck straight in. into it? Get stuck in. Let's, let's do this. Uh, we've got, Who's we've got it? quite a few to get through. Um, all quite, you know, deep, deep questions. Is deep the word? They're just interesting. Deep we can, we questions. can venture into these. Um, yeah, George, I think you're first actually with your question. Um, yes. Um, so the first question would be from Nia and it is uh, who is your all-time favourite player? That's a big boy. That is a five pints in at the pub. You know, who's your favourite player and why? So I think that's a good way to start. Luke, do you want to roll the ball? Yeah, yeah, I can do. Um... <laughs> roll the ball? <laughs> roll the ball. Let's get, get the this ball, ball rolling. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> Let's roll the ball, okay? I'm right, right you're wrong. This is, this is me rolling the ball. <laughs> uh, Favourite player of all time, Thierry Henry. Can't go wrong. No, it's, um, it's a bit of a, a standard answer, isn't it? But, uh, yeah. Club legend, obviously. Um, competing at the top for... Stupid amounts of years, played for the best teams, Monaco, Arsenal, Juventus, Barcelona. He's been voted, I mean, granted a vote is based on opinion, but he is regarded as the best foreign player to grace the Premier League. And he might not have hit the bar for the highest amount of go- go- goals, goals. In, the, in the Premier League, um, but he could just, just do everything, couldn't he? He was uh, a pleasure to watch, I think, before... Our generation, of course, but you, you just look back at those highlights. I mean, I, I think of the goal against Man United, Luke. It's just and, ridiculous, uh, isn't it? Yeah. What was the your way, favorite uh, of his? Um, oh, there's so much to choose from, isn't there? I think the counter-attack that he pretty much did himself against Spurs is always a standout one. Mm. Um, and there was the one where he, uh, he took Liverpool's defence part, didn't he, with a great bit of dribbling and slots into the bottom <laughs> right corner. But he did oh, that to everyone. Yeah. It's like, you can't even... You can't even pick out a certain team because he just destroyed everyone in his path. Um, yeah. But I think uh, that one against Spurs, just what it meant. But uh, I think I'll go with that one. Anything Can I make an honourable mention on the Thierry Henry list of um, that uh, penalty pass <laughs> um, with uh, Perez? Oh, God. I don't think that can go... Um, <laughs> unmentioned oh what honestly it doesn't, def- doesn't define him at all I just thought it was funny 
Oh, well, it does it away. It's just so cocky. To, you could think he can just pass the pass the penalty off. But uh, um, am I next? Can I? Yeah, can I you speak? can go yeah. next because I have a funny feeling that we're just going to pick the same player anyway. But I don't think we are. I mean, oh, right. I try. I try and be edgy with my football opinions, as you very well know. Ooh. I'm probably going to go for it's between Suarez and Gerrard. Gerard, the obvious one, being probably the main reason I'm a Liverpool fan, growing up with him, being my club captain, and just seeing a player who could play anywhere, carried a poor team for most years, not most, some years, some, you know, players probably weren't at the same level as, as he was, um, but always given 100% for the, for the shirt. A little bit of bias, of course, for my options, but naturally, just like Luke, you, you'll have that because they're, they're the legends you look at at your club. But I think I'll probably go for Suarez just because I, I genuinely haven't seen a, a better football player on the ball for Liverpool since I've been watching them. I mean, we're quite lucky nowadays to have Salah and Mane and Firmino and this goes on. But the way Suarez can move the ball for us, you know, take our attack, score from anywhere, I mean... He, he was the best. Uh, 69 goals in 110 appearances in the Premier League. Uh, I think, obviously, the Norwich game. Do you remember, George? Oh, how could you think? He, he, he loved the game against Norwich, didn't he? He yeah. raveled in them, shall we say. He loved it. He loved it. Um, no, I, I, mean, I think there was a goal against Newcastle where the ball comes into him in the box and it's one ball roll, takes a pass, a defender and goalkeeper. Two touches. Beautiful. I mean... Yeah, he did bite people, but who doesn't? Okay? <laughs> there's some there's some things we can look past, I suppose. We have to, yeah, just just a couple of things. But um, no, a great player uh, in his prime, and he did well at Barcelona. He's done well at Barcelona as well. So what what, what a guy! Mm, an interesting character. Um, <laughs> I think mine, obviously, obviously, Steven Gerrard is a is a massive influence. Uh, I had a massive influence on me anyway as a, a young Liverpool fan, but um, I I actually really like. Um, well, I was, well, I think my top player would be Steven Gerrard, by the way, just to clarify. Yeah. But a close second would definitely be Pepe Reina, only because he was one of the goal honourable mention as well, Joe Hart. But he was one of the uh, like the goalkeepers that I looked up to anyway when I was yeah. playing, just because he was in the Liverpool sticks um, whilst I was playing. So you kind of like, you know, you, you, you took notes from him as such. And um, he's a crazy Spaniard as well. Yeah. Um, I'll always remember the, uh, the upfield celebrations that he used to do. He used to run up the pitch whenever mm. um, we scored, which was brilliant to watch. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but Yeah. Oh, I love no, that, that. That would be mine. I love that. You know, like you'd always have that player that's like a bit out there, but you did take inspiration from. I mean, mine was mm. Andy Carroll. I mean, Luke's was clearly Lionel Messi. Just thought <laughs> I mentioned that. But just remember that six-a-side goal he scored once. I mean, off the halfway like, line. Oh, <laughs> honestly, screamer limbs in the away end. They always. <laughs> they always over dramatised this goal it was it was literally edge of the box and it was against some lanky kid who couldn't play football <laughs> no, don't, I don't beat yourself down mate that was a halfway line <laughs> yeah, it was a great goal. <laughs> that went that went top 
top bins. Jezza would be proud of that. Was it Ika Casillas in goal that day as well? Yeah, I think I, I think he was. And the crazy Spaniard ran up the pitch when Luke scored as well. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, Luke, Luke that consolation when we were already 3-0 down at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't need to know that, did they? <laughs> Come on. Oh, dear. Uh, Luke, you, you, um, you've got the next question. Now, I would say it, but my phone won't load. And I'm just stuck on the chat. Like, and it won't go up. It's, it's, should Eddie Howe be given an opportunity at a top club? And it's sent in from Otto. <laughs> right, so our next question is in from Otto. <laughs> and Otto... Interestingly asks, does Eddie Howe, current Bournemouth manager, deserve a chance at a bigger club? What do you guys think? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Um, the, the sky's the limit for him. He's, he took Bournemouth from League Two to Prem, but is that his ceiling? Uh, he, like, he's done well at Bournemouth, but he hasn't really... I don't think so. Yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't write it off. It, I just think it would be like an experimental decision if that makes sense it would be because he's quite an attacking manager a young English coach I mean he'll probably just get more plaudits than most coaches anyway because he is English um, he's done well at Bournemouth it's admirable but you look at this season struggled it could take his stock down a little bit he might never leave Bournemouth uh, yeah I, I don't know it's a, it's a tough one it's, a, it's something to think about he Enjoy. uh he he definitely seems well. I mean, he's always been Mr. Bournemouth, isn't he? Really, which sounds very strange out loud, Mr. Bournemouth. But um, yeah, as you said, taking him from League Two up to uh, the Premiership is a massive achievement, and I'm sure that any team would want that type of mentality and stuff like that um, in any team, any squad. But um, I'm not sure anyone would want to pick him up with the way that Bournemouth have been going the past couple of years, only because they've been like they've been barely scraping um, out of the relegation zone, um, which could tough. be down to him. It could be down to the players that he signs, but I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a bit torn with it, really. That's that's probably my problem with with Howers' signings. I don't know if it's directly him, per se, but <laughs> you know the money he's been spending and how much or how little they've uh, they've contributed is it's quite funny <laughs> in a way. Look at Don Solanke and um, who else? Got Philip Philip Billing, Luke. What's going Luke. on with that? Um, it's just. I think he deserves a chance at a bigger club. I think he really does. He has uh, a very positive style of play, which uh, is never a bad thing, is it? Um, yeah, I definitely echo those sentiments of transfers are awful. But you also have to look at That's the fact you kind of have a bit of a golden era of a team, don't you? And then you kind of have to keep things fresh. It kind of happened with Pochettino at Spurs. Um England kind of had their golden era, didn't they? It happens whether that's on the international stage or at club level. You have a group of players and they're good for a certain amount of time and eventually that just kind of diminishes and you have to start looking for ways to freshen up again. 
I think it's just got to a stage where they've established themselves in the Premier League, but they haven't used the correct recruitment to now, as I say, keep things fresh and move to the next level. So mm. I wouldn't solely put Bournemouth's performances this season on Eddie Howe. He can only do so much as the manager. Um, but I think if he was given a better crop of players, he could definitely do something with it. Uh, yeah, look, it's actually uh, <laughs> hilarious you've said that because Dominic Solanke has just made it 2-1 to Bournemouth against Leicester. So he's just got... All right. <laughs> so it's funny we were talking about that. The future. <laughs> yeah. Never doubted Eddie Howe on his signings, to no, be honest with you. No, they were always... <laughs> Solanke yeah. was a brilliant for he them. Knows what always he's doing. has been. He's solid. Um, yeah, uh, last question before our first break is... Oh, sorry. Sorry, aren't you just been sent off as well? What's going on? What is going on in this game? Bournemouth-Leicester. Bournemouth crawling to stay up in the Premier League, challenging Champions League contestants, Leicester. It's uh, something we might be re- re- uh, recalling next week. Recalling the right word? Anyway. Okay, uh, next question uh, to answer is from George, of course, podcast George, who asks both of us, who will be in the top six next year? Luke, I'll let you. I'll let you roll the ball. Okay, uh, I won't sit on it and give my reasons for why they're there. Because obviously, we don't want to move this along. Um, you've got your standard two sits in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I think Wolves will be amongst them. Chelsea. Ooh, it's tricky. Who left? Leicester. Mm. And I will say, with a bit of ambition, I'll say Arsenal will be there. You have to, you have to be ambitious with your club. I rate that. Mm. Um, do you have anything to add on those points? I mean, Wolves, uh, obviously in the mix, but Leicester are not. Or did you say Leicester? No, yeah, Leicester are in there. Okay, so uh, Spurs aren't in the mix of that. No, and do you say that's no, based not. off of Mourinho, or you just don't like him? Um, well, I can sit here and try and touch Mourinho. I want he's just beat Arsenal two one. Um, I just think <laughs> an average side has beat an average side today. I don't think yeah. long term he's what they need. Okay, and I think eventually they'll they'll get worse. Fair enough. Can't argue that, George. Your top six. My top six. Well, <clears throat> you got the you got the standard. Liverpool City in there Um, I think Chelsea will definitely be there with all their new well all their their new signings Um, let's hope that they all um, gel together and they could have a very lethal um, attacking force Um, the other three is tricky because there's so many good teams that Deserve to be there. Mm, I think I'm going to go with Wolves, Man United, and Arsenal. Okay. Is that six? Yeah, that's six. Yeah. <sighs> I've got Man United. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No Man United in yours either. Well, uh, George, did you want to expand on things you might miss? Um, out? 
I think I think it's all I think it's pretty self-explanatory, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird talking about next year because you're obviously just taking into factor how could they be in this year and almost assuming that they would take it on for next year. Um, so mine, I've kind of I've gone for same top two as you two, Liverpool, Man City. I've put Chelsea down for Man United down as definites. Now the last two spots, it's going to be difficult. I think Sheffield United will drop off. It is the kind of tail in the Premier League for a team to have that good season and then digress. Uh, digress? That's a word. That is a word. Um, so I think Wolves will maintain that spot um, in that European mix. And for sixth, I'm looking at four teams here. I'm looking at Leicester, Arsenal, Spurs and Everton. Because with Everton, you have to consider it's going to be a transfer window 38 game season Ancelotti Everton and mm. anything less than Europe would probably mean he'd be he'd be gone so with that expectation there and signs this season that they are uh, a good attacking team uh, defensive a calamity but you know they, they've got those those members up front who, who are making waves for Everton. So I would say next season, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, the Toffees push for those European spots. Shall we have a break, boys? Yes. Yes, yes we that, shall. Because that has nothing to do with the fact that our remaining meeting time is running out. <laughs> no, of course not. But, um, yeah, we'll come back in a bit. Welcome back from the uh, quick break. Welcome we back. <laughs> welcome back to the soccer podcast, guys. Um, uh, yeah, welcome back. Um, I'm just going to uh, butt in quickly. Um, Dominic Solanke has struck lightning twice. Has he? Two Did goals alongside fellow Bournemouth legend Junior Stanislas to make it 4-1 against Leicester. Oh, oh what? <laughs> Holy shit. That's Dob, crazy. Dob, 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 Solanke. <laughs> and, uh, wrong. I should wrong, say, apparently, this now means that Champions League football next season for Leicester is out of their hands. Ooh. Yeah, that means it's just Europa League for them. There you go. Luke, next question. Next question. Yes, I have that. We uh, have fixed our technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> Turn this phone on. This one's in from. Matthias, did I get it right? Yes. Yes. Thank you for sending in a question. Thank you, Matthias. Thank you, everyone who has, but go on. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, no, no thanks to you two. You, uh, you're on this pod for a reason. Um, <laughs> but Matthias asks, how long will Liverpool's dominance last? He wants to go first. I, 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 I don't mind. Uh, yeah, you can go first if you like. Um, I don't see why it wouldn't continue. It's a it's a work it's a working system. Um, you know, it's it's leading them to trophies. It's a pretty it's pretty simple. It doesn't take a lot of analysis. I mean, four through three, false nine is working. It it gets the ball moving for them. They can play quote unquote rock and roll football. Um, but it's just those those little things where you think. Uh, you know, you're not getting a lot of creativity from your midfield. Could you pick someone in? Firmino's not scoring goals. Could you have another striker? Dejan Lovren is shit. Could you replace him? Those kind of questions, they may start to begin to arise 
in the following years where you may think a few positions might need be, to be tweaked to maintain that, uh, that strength and that progression that we've made. But, you know, sticking with the same system has worked for many a team. I mean, the Leeds, Leeds United's dominance of the 70s was based off the fact that their team didn't change. The, you know, the, the mould didn't change. And it worked for them for over a decade. And, you know, that won them trophies. And you look at the same Man United and that young core they had, their core of players with Alex Ferguson. You know, sometimes less is more. And I think with Liverpool, especially our club sees it, is that less will be more for them, mm. which I agree with. So hopefully they will continue to reign English football or at least compete for it for... At least yeah. a few more years. Yeah, George? I, I no, I I totally agree with what you said. Um, my my only concern is that uh, Man City look amazing. They mm-hmm. look extremely dominant, and um, especially with uh, Laporte in their team as well, who's very similar to Van Dyke in um, influential ways. Um, was quite unlucky actually to pick up his injury at the start of the season. And I think Man City's season could have been different if he was in it. But um, no, I, I can't, I mean, apart from Man City, I can't see a lot of reasons why we wouldn't continue dominating because, you know, we have a system that works very, very well. It's, it's consistent. You know, we win a lot of games. Um, and the team really is, I mean, what more do you have to say about it? It's, it's world-class, isn't it? Well, let's, let's get a, uh, an unbiased opinion from, uh, <laughs> from, from Luke. Uh, I'm, you know, we're, we're trying to be fair. We're trying to be fair. But, um, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a difficult one talking about your own club on a podcast. But uh, Luke will probably come in with a, a decent opinion. Uh wow. Uh yeah. So they're set up to dominate, aren't they? You've mm-hmm. you've won a Champions League and a Premier League under Klopp. Um, I think Liverpool's reign. Oh, d- is it a reign? It's they're, uh, they're in a good spell. They're yeah. in a good spell. But it's not like I think reign is when it's being done sort of more consistently like you know Manchester United kind of did it you're, mm-hmm. you're in a good moment but you've got literally one direct rival I mm-hmm. think until you're at a stage when you're completely outdoing them it becomes a rain yeah um, I, mean, I think sort of one thing that will sort of dictate whether you do or don't rain is signings because it's become very apparent this season, you lose one of your players and that team's nowhere near the same. Mm-hmm. Whether that's, well, I say whether that's one person or the other, that's, that's the entire 11. They don't click the same, just some of it more standard than the other. Mm-hmm. Like we, we've spoke about the presence Henderson has, the presence Virgil van Dijk has. They're probably the two most key ones for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if you wanted to put a Rigi instead of Mane for a game or Shakiri instead of Salah for a game, wouldn't be the end of the world it wouldn't be the best thing but I think yeah. until you sort of maybe add a few more players that sort of balances it out when you do lose a key player um, that will kind of define whether or not Liverpool reign for years to come or they're yeah. just in a good spell and they might drop off or not mm. yeah it's kind of the same with um, 
like when Chelsea won their first Premier League under Mourinho, you, you thought, oh, like it was, it was in the mid two thousands. You thought this might be, you know, the the team for years to come. But that did drop off after a couple of seasons after Mourinho left. And obviously, they brought that back, but you know, the system has changed. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. Moving on to our next question. Uh, this one comes from AJ, who asks, "How much has Corona impacted?" the ending of this season and a follow-up to that is does it hinder Liverpool's title win please take it away who's going um, do you want to go I'll go if you want yeah yeah go on um, impact on the season it's it's had quite a quite literal impact on the rules hasn't it um, as a result they've introduced the five substitutions the two water breaks um, and starting off with that I think that's that, that's massive, and it, it's massive depending on which team gets to uh, make full use of that. So if you're looking at Manchester City, they can sub on five different players, same quality of the five players that were coming off. But if it's Bournemouth, for example, you take off Callum Wilson and you get to bring on Surridge or Dominic Solanke and well, not class. to mock them, but they're just not the same, it's not the same quality, is it? <laughs> No, um, and with the water breaks, is it's almost like you can have three half-time team talks in a game. Yeah, that's mm. that's mad. That that can be a massive influence. It, I mean, take it back a few years when we had some like proper leaders about like Vieira, Gerard, Terry. If you got three opportunities in a game to get around your team and rally them up like that, that that's massive. Like that that takes a real sort of toll and impact on the team and that can give if you're in a losing position that can give you a massive lift mm. so I think mm. as an impact it can it can quite literally dictate how a game goes now um, but I do I do agree with the water breaks I'm not the first one not, not, not like in the 20 minutes unless it's ridiculously good um, like ridiculously bad weather but um, yeah I would definitely say it's impacted the season some for the better some for the worse uh, I don't. I, I wouldn't say it hinders Liverpool's title to win because, although mathematically it wasn't done, Liverpool had the title wrapped up before lockdown anyway. Mm. It's not. I mean, Liverpool going to look back and go, "Oh yeah, this is the season we won the league." Yeah. Whilst COVID nineteen was about, it was the first time we won the Premier League. Yeah, <coughs> completely. Mm. Um, do you mind if I roll the ball on? Yep, keep rolling that ball. Yeah, yeah, keep, yeah, keep, <laughs> roll, keep keep rolling the ball. Um, I think water breaks. Are still a stupid thing to to implement. First few games, maybe. Now they are they have become team talks more than anything. I mean, there was there was a manager who brought on a whole tactical plan, like a whole game board to show. The yeah, yeah, I saw team. that. Yeah, they don't need it. They don't. But they, I think they probably did the first few times, like I said. But we're deep in the season. Everyone should be at full fitness by now. Um, you know, it's not as hot as we thought it would be. So there's no real reason to implement those water breaks. It's not like we're in, um, you know, the back ass of Qatar in front of 70 degree weather. In that, in that, in that <laughs> sense, yeah. But it's like, yeah. Silly. Don't, don't understand it. Uh, five subs. I hope they don't stick with it. I think, like you said, the quality of players you can bring on in that situation is a, is dangerous. Um, 
And yeah, I don't imagine it will be something that stays around next season. So it has impacted the season in terms of, you know, like just how silly it seems almost to me. Uh, I don't think it does hinder Liverpool's title win, like Luke said. It's kind of wrapped up already. Um, it'll be a shame to see us lift it without the fans. But um, yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird world we live in now. It with is all these, with the, yeah. all these things. I think I think I think the drinks I think the drinks break thing. Yeah, you know, as you said before, we're not playing in Qatar or anywhere where it's baking hot. I mean, yeah, we've had a couple of sunny days and stuff like that, and maybe it's it's good for that, but. I mean, realistically, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with them. Um, but I think, I think it is a shame, really, that Liverpool have won their first title in thirty years whilst this pandemic is going on, because uh, it will just be known as the year that the Premier League got stopped. Really, isn't it? I, I mean, Liverpool won it, and it's brilliant, but. Um, I think it will be overshadowed, which is a shame. It is a real shame. Gives us a chance to wish everyone well right now, obviously during this pandemic, out of yeah. lockdown, I hope everyone's staying safe. But um, in terms of Premier League, for the most part, it's kind of been back to normal, apart from obviously, as we discussed, uh, in terms of on-pitch anyway. Um, should we take another break? Uh, yeah, you can do if you want. Yeah. yeah. Let's take a little breather. Cool. Cool. We're back on. And, uh, yeah, as George just said. Oh, sorry. My thunder, <laughs> we are back on. Howdy, partners. <laughs> the third part of Howdy, partners. Howdy, partners. We're back with the last few questions of the podcast. Um, just to finish this off. George, please begin. So, this question is from some wanker named Tom. Um, podcast Tom. Uh, and the question is... Who do you think is the most underrated manager in Premier League history? Who would you like to begin, sir? We will throw to... Sorry, we'll, we'll roll the ball to Luke first, I think. Uh, okay. There he is. So I've had a long time to think about this question. <laughs> and I think my answer is going to be Brendan Rodgers. Okay. Some people might think it's a really stupid answer, but stay with us and hear me out. <laughs> yeah, they've all left now, mate. Sorry, you've put them off. I think this guy's chatting shit. So. <laughs> Brendan Rogers. Brendan Rogers. What have you got to say? About <laughs> is, the is that <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Rogers is Brendan Rogers. He did quite a magnificent job at Liverpool, didn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah, he was all right. Yeah, he, uh, he was magnificent. He came, he came close <laughs> to uh, a Premier League title. Yeah, which isn't easy, especially with the Liverpool squad he had. Yeah, he had some yeah. good recruitment in his time, didn't he? Luis Suarez with a standout. Didn't sign Luis Suarez, but he did and, well with uh, him. Yeah, he. Uh, he didn't sign him, but uh, <laughs> he did use him well. Yeah. No, I and, can't um, agree with that. It's a bit unfortunate Stephen fell over. 
So I thought they were good value <laughs> for the title. It's all Stephen's fault, really, isn't it? And um, he went over to Celtic after that sacking, didn't he? And uh, he did really well. Won some titles. Yeah. <laughs> did really well. I think he got the treble, actually, which is uh, very impressive in Scotland. <laughs> If we, we, all, we all know about Luke's hatred for Scottish football. He's he's uh, he's here over at Leicester. He's uh, he's done a good job, isn't he? I mean, unfortunately, they're they're probably not going to make Champions League football now. But he's got a very exciting project. Um, got some good bowlers in there, isn't he? Some good bowlers on the ball. Bowlers, mate. Absolute bowlers. No, I I think you've got a great answer there, Luke. Um, I've, I've uh, not really done one as justice. <laughs> Two European spots. Two um, European yeah, no. spots. Well, well done, Brendan. Yeah. You know, he's quite well in the Prem. Kudos to him. <laughs> Tom, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep the ball rolling to you. Of course, the ball's always rolling. Um, I've gone for Sam Allardyce. Uh, I think, oh, big Sam. I think the work that he's done in the Premier League is very often overlooked. Um, he came into the league as quite a big sports science advocate. And in the early 2000s, it was a big thing with the new managers. I know Arsene Wenger was quite big on it um, coming into Arsenal. So, you know, in terms of uh, training, longevity, stamina, it was very important to the way they managed. And that showed when he was with Bolton, mostly. Uh, he took them into Europe, European football. For a, you know, a club like Bolton, that is, it's amazing. Um, they JJ Okocha as well, uh, class player, now obviously a legend of the game. And some people often forget that now. Um, he obviously went on to Newcastle and Blackburn, both taking them to the top 10, you know, top 10 spots for both teams uh, in separate times with those clubs, which is it's a good job for, you know, the teams that weren't as strong as at the, at the time to do that was, was, uh, was brilliant. And in the uh, 2010s, Worked at Palace and Sunderland, escaping relegation with both. I think overall, uh, Allardyce really did have a decent career in Premier League that he can be proud of. Uh, he, he did a lot for a lot of teams. Uh, lucky with the England job, got himself into a bit of trouble, didn't get the job, bit of a shame. But my answer, definitely Sam Allardyce. Nice one. Um, my... Man, the the underrated manager, I think. I mean, he's he's a he's a current manager at the moment as well. I just want to point out, but um, I think it probably have to go to uh, David Moyes. Okay. Not not specifically for West Ham, but his career at Everton was. Um, Undoubtedly unforgettable, really. He's been one of their best managers in in years, um, and he was the first manager as well to manage United as well after um, the big man himself um, retired. Which is, I mean, which is a for one, it's a massive achievement, um, and two, it's it's so much pressure as well. Because um, the fans expected so much, and I don't, I don't think he, I don't actually think he did that badly. To be quite honest with you, no, I don't know how everyone else feels about it. 
Everton legend. Uh, mm. Had a lot to do at Man United and is doing decently with West Ham in his second spell. Can't go wrong, really, with that. Moving on to the next question from Luke. Yep, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on that. <laughs> Shout out to my man Otto. He sent in another question for us. Big up, big up. Otto asks, who will beat Juventus to the Serie A and will it happen in the next few years? Thank you, Otto. <laughs> um, I, if, I don't, if you don't mind me starting. Yeah, go for it. I think uh, Serie A is looking more competitive by the year, slowly progressing um, from Juve's complete dominance, um, mostly due to the growth of Inter Milan. Since Conte's come in, they do look like a re-energised team. Um, he's made a lot of good signings. Christian Eriksen, Romelu Lukaku, even someone like Victor Moses, like a utility player, right wing back. He suits the Serie A and they've, they've all done well there uh, from, from what I've seen anyway. He's recently also um, signed Atraf. Akraf? Atraf? Luke, this is your thing. What's his, what's his first name? Akraf Akimi from Real Madrid. He's just looking to build, and it's a lot of things there that other teams aren't doing. You look at AC Milan, just slightly regressing, um, not looking as ambitious as they once were, not looking as big. There's Inter Milan making these marquee signings with the money that they know they have. The great manager. I could see it as soon as next season into Milan toppling Juventus's dominance and being that big, mm. big dominant talent in the club again. Obviously, the last Italian club to win the Champions League back in 2010. Um, yeah, probably Italy's second biggest team right now, but Juventus is still very strong. So you never know. Yeah, I think I th- I, I, that that's exactly what I had written down as well. Really. Um, Inter Milan definitely looked like the. Um, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say second best, really, because that. I think that's a bit disrespectful to them. But if they keep, if they keep, <laughs> if, they yeah, keep if they keep raiding, <laughs> if they keep raiding the Premier League like they are, then um, I think I think they'll have more than enough um, good players to topple Juventus. Um, I mean, their, their main man really up front, Lukaku, has just been um, banging in goals, left, right, and centre. Um, since he joined, he's definitely um, shown a lot of confidence uh, since he's been there. But I think that is quite literally all I know about Syria <laughs> football. Really, uh, I don't really um, dip my toes in the Italian <laughs> waters, shall we say? Um, but yeah, no, Inter Milan, I think, is um, the team to topple Juventus. Yeah. Luke, the ball just, rolls over to you. I'm just looking at the Serie A table. Uh, Inter Milan currently sit fourth. What? Yeah. Milan uh, are fourth, with Atalanta in third and Lazio in uh, second. I think, I think Lazio and Atalanta are new cases made for them, especially Atalanta. Because yeah. their goals for are 87 this season. I forgot, I forgot about Atalanta. Yeah. Um, if I could just quickly make another point then. Uh, I think Lazio, with Lazio, they've got great players who are inevitably going to move on. That's their only problem. They seem like they're building players that will that will just go to the next club. 
uh, look at Luis Alberto, look at Savage, Immobile, um, all seem like they're on, on their way out or winning with big clubs. So that's why they may have a good season, could see them dropping off. Atalanta, great team, great system. Old players have got quite an old core. So, like I said, this form is great. Old or experienced? Old. Experienced, but experienced. their best players 33. Their best players 33 years old. And that does come to an end, sadly, when you when you get around to that age, where especially as a cam, I think it's uh, Gomez that that kind of form does begin to so digress. So if they were to succeed, it would have to be now, next season, that kind of range. So their range as a as a team for me doesn't go as far as into Milan's. I just think, yeah, there's there's a case for not just Inter Milan here. There's a couple of teams on top at the minute but I think mm-hmm. the problem with Serie A is it's been dominated by Juventus for so long and if players at their clubs don't see real progress in sort of a short amount of time they'll just go somewhere else yeah they will just they'll think if I can't join the best and we're not going to compete with the best what's the point of me being here why am I mm. in such an ugly country no, I'm joking Italy is a lovely place everyone knows that <laughs> That sounded um, like a naughty word, to be honest with you, mate. But... No, 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 no. I was going to say country. <laughs> so I, I, would, I would say in terms of how long will their reign last, they'll, they'll be winning the league for a few more years. But Inter Milan are definitely uh, building an exciting project, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Am I on the last question? I am. Um, yes. This question comes in from... Uh, K-Dog, a.k.a. Keaton, who asks, how much money and what signings do Spurs need to win the league? A lot. Just Spurs, isn't it? It's just Spurs. Spurs, honestly. George, go on. Brilliant, you're throwing to me. I literally just wrote down a lot on my notepad (laughs) for how much money do Spurs need to win the league. I don't I don't think they have I don't think they have a team to win the Premier League really. That team that they've got at the moment, they rely so heavily on Harry Kane. It's ridiculous. Um I, I I'm not a fan of Davis and Sanchez either. I think mm. the only good quality about him is that he's quick. Um I, yeah, I, I just I don't think I don't think they have a team for it. I mean, you look mm. at you look at the Tottenham team compared to the Liverpool team, for example, and I don't think one Tottenham player would make it into that team. Maybe Harry Kane, but maybe Son. Actually, I think I'd prefer Son over Harry Kane, mm. but I think that's about it, really. So they ju- they just need to strengthen up. In most areas, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it sounds funny saying it, but I think it is true. Uh, Luke, what have your what's your take on Spurs right now? Obviously, losing two one to them today, you would have felt like you could have taken points off them. For, should have won. Of, yeah, we should have won. We should have been. We shouldn't. I wouldn't have been happy with anything more than the win anyway. Um, congrats to Spurs. Congrats to Mourinho. 
fuck Arsenal. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, um, what did you say, Spurs? What is it? What is wrong with Spurs? I, I guess that's my, my main question from Kieran. They're boring. What wrong? What's wrong with them? Boring. Because um, this isn't like one year. This is, this is 20, 30, 40 years of just dismal, dismal form. Well, they, well they, they've passed their golden era now, haven't they? When uh, they had Walker, Danny Rose, that's when they were the uh, sort of key standout fullbacks. Um, mm. Vertonghen is leaving, and he, like Aldevaro, just, look, a lot of the squad's ageing. Son's mm. 28 now, so he's, like, he's at the peak of his powers, but you know, you're running out of time to use him in a, in a title-challenging team. Harry Kane's 26, and we all know he can do better. Mm. He deserves better, yeah. to be fair. Mm. Um, I just they just need to invest. I don't think Larice doesn't fill me with confidence. Mm-hmm. They definitely they need a new backline. Midfield's a bit tricky, and Mourinho's a tricky man because it seems like wherever he goes, he has an agenda against one key player, <laughs> and that one key player is normally the club's most expensive player. Yeah. Um, so Endombele, who looked like he had plenty of potential, is just sitting on the bench. Um, I don't think I don't think it's the end of the line for Tottenham I think Mourinho as much as maybe people don't like his play style and I, I've said it myself I, don't, I think he's done at club level if you give him the money maybe he can produce something mm. maybe we shouldn't be writing him off as, a, as quickly as we have done but uh, yeah it will take a fair bit to, uh, to get them up and running again What you've you got to think about as well is I mean, I suppose he he did come in midway through the season as well, which isn't isn't an excuse, mind you. But you know, this guy knows how to win trophies, mm. so it'll be interesting. But I don't think he has the squad for it at the moment. Definitely not. I think I think the problems begin with Daniel Levy, and they always have since he's been there. There's just this. First of all, it was. Um, this lack of financial investment, a salary cap, just not having like this big market as a club. For example, when you see, when a player looks at teams that are interested in him, and let's say it's Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs, are you really going to be looking at Spurs? I know I wouldn't. Well, why would you? Why would you when you've got, you know, an exciting young manager like uh, Lampard, to go and play for compared to stinky old Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is Levy hasn't really built this great market because he's so impatient. He will, he doesn't wait. He doesn't let things progress naturally. He seems to want to force, force wins. That just doesn't work. Like, it doesn't work in football. He, like, why did he sack Pochettino? He, they, mm. He's just got them to a Champions League final, albeit didn't win, lost to a better team, unbiased. But <laughs> obviously, you you can't just switch these managers in and out and hope that in the space of two seasons you're going to get a champion championship squad, a Champions League winning squad. It doesn't work like that. Daniel Levy's ideology is so far behind any other owner. And that's because he's so invested with the club, and I respect that in one way. But in another, he, it, I feel like he's trying too hard to be Roman Abramovich <laughs> in, in, the, in the sense of just instant success when it's just not coming. 
So Spurs really just need a complete change from the very top to the before we even talk about what's going on on the pitch. <laughs> and that, uh, that wraps up all the questions, really. I think this was a nice episode to have. Mm. Um, just answering questions. And it's, it's been good. So thank you for everyone who sent them in. Yes. Uh, Please continue. You. Please continue sending them in as well. They're, they're yeah. brilliant. They really yeah. are good. A segment. We can make a little segment. Um, but I'm sure our next episode will be out very soon. Indeed. Uh, so it's a goodbye from me. Yes. Goodbye from me. Thank you very much for listening. And me.